today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. John didn't have funny stories. He didn't have skits. He preached about a coming judgment. And as he preached, some heard and some turned their lives around. They repented. They sought after God. But yet at the same time, there were others that mocked him. They even rebuked him for giving such a harsh message. As a matter of fact, Herod rebuked him and finally put him into prison because of the harshness of his message. But even that, even prison, didn't deter or slow John down. Preaching the truth can be very difficult because the Bible tells people that their deeds are evil and that they need to repent. However, we need to hear the truth even when it's hard because our very eternal destiny is at stake. In today's message from the Gospel of Luke, Pastor David points to John the Baptist as a shining example of someone who did not fail in preaching truth. Even though John's message was difficult, he was faithful to continue with his message of repentance. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message entitled, What Did You Come to See? Have you thought often how diverse this book is, the Bible? This is what we do. We study the Word of God. I don't have any other tricks for you. Uh, I don't have any other stories for you today. It's the Word of God. That's what we want to, again, bring into your lives, bring, bring into your walk in Him, that, again, you can grow in Christ through study, through the consistent, faithful study of the Word of God. But this is a pretty diverse book. It's uh, poetry and prose, it's history as well as exhortation or instruction, it has explanations and speaks about the creation of the world, it also speaks about the time beyond this world, eternity that's yet yet before us, that, that hopefully all of us are headed together in to be in eternity with Christ our Lord. We have word pictures that allow us to see places in this world that some of you may never see uh, in, in your physical life. And it also has scenes of eternity that, again, hopefully we'll all be there together to be able to experience and enjoy what the Lord has before us. Within the covers of your Bible, we have uh, writings of kings and princes. We have the writings of prophets and priests. We have the writings of farmers and sheep herders. We have the writings of warriors as well as prisoners, of fishermen and scholars. 
We have 66 different books that are bound together to make this one book, written by 40 different authors over a period of 1,500 years, written on three different continents in three different languages, all pulled together for one precise purpose, that God may make known to you and I his perfect plan in our lives through sending Christ as a payment for our sin that we might give our lives to him in order that we might have eternal relationship with God as our Father, that we don't have to stand before him at the end of our days as our judge, but we can come before him as our Father. Within this, there's things that are they're, they're easy, they're, they're pleasant to read. We can do studies in the Psalms, uh, the Song of Solomon, various other passages. Man, they're just, they're just encouraging. They're, 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 they're like those wow pass passages that when we teach on them or preach on them, you leave here and you think, oh man, it's marvelous to be a believer. God is so good, so powerful. And we come out of here, man, just, just literally lifted up. And then there's those other passages. Those ones that really speak about who we are and what needs to change in our lives and the passages that not only step on our toes, but uh, it's passages that you, you feel like somebody's taking a, a hunter's knife and literally gutted us uh, from, from the very beginning of the time. Well, I, I want to share with you this morning. This morning's message is the latter case, okay? I just want to give you a fair warning this morning. This morning is kind of on, on the latter end of that. We're in our study in the gospel according to Luke and invite you to turn there, if you would, in Luke chapter 7. That's where we're going to be this morning. And my question to you as I start out this morning is, what brings you here today? Just ponder that for a moment, if you would. What brings you here? Why are you even here today? As we look at this passage, we, we've already gone over much as we've gone verse by verse through Luke's gospel. In this chapter 7, we've talked a lot about Jesus' teachings to his disciples. He comes down, there's healings, there's someone raised from the dead. John the Baptist has just sent some of his disciples to come speak to Jesus. John the Baptist is in prison. His disciples come, ask Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? Uh, Jesus doesn't rebuke John in the midst of that. He just simply tells John's disciples, go and tell John what you see. You see that, again, the, the, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor has the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Well, that's where we left off last week. I want you to, if you would, pick up with me in verse 24 now as we look at this passage. In verse 24, we read, when the messengers of John had departed, he began, Jesus began to speak to the multitudes concerning John, John the Baptist. And he asked them the question, what, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Well, indeed, those who are gorgeously apparelled and live in luxury, they're in king's courts. But what did you go out to see a prophet yes and i say to you and more than a prophet this is he of whom it is written behold i send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you 
For I say to you, among those born of women, there's not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And when all the people heard him, even the tax collectors, they justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John. All but the Pharisees and the lawyers, they rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. And the Lord said, To what then shall I liken the men of this generation, and what are they like? They're like children sitting on the marketplace, calling to one another, saying, We played the flute to you. And you did not dance. We mourned to you, but you did not weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And you say, he has a demon. And the Son of Man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look, he's a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. John wasn't a man. Shaken by many things. Jesus said, what did you go out in the wilderness to see? Or a reed shaken by the wind? John wasn't shaken by the wind. Neither was he shaken by by public opinion or any kind of a political pressure or even the wind of, of convenience. John was shaken. He was moved. He was led. He was directed by the Holy Spirit of God in his life. Man didn't move him. Man didn't persuade him. Man didn't deter him at all. He continued to preach the need of man everywhere to repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is is at hand. He didn't have a feel-good message with him. He, He didn't pull one of those out when he saw the big crowds. No, he continued to preach the hard stuff. You need to repent. You need to change your life. You make, need to make that determination in your life that you're going the wrong direction. You need to turn around and turn your life over to God. John didn't have funny stories. He didn't have skits. He preached about a coming judgment. And as he preached, some heard and some turned their lives around. They repented. They sought after God. But yet at the same time, there were others that mocked him. They even rebuked him for giving such a harsh message. As a matter of fact, Herod rebuked him and finally put him into prison because of the harshness of his message. But even that, even prison didn't deter or slow John down. He continued to speak the truth. John the Baptist, he had no other message. I I believe right along with the Apostle Paul, he had this understanding, as Paul wrote, "...for I preach the gospel." I don't have anything to boast of. Necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. There was one message he had. He had to preach that message. He didn't preach to public opinion. He preached the truth. Some received it while others didn't. Let me ask you this morning again. What did you come here to see? Why are you here today? Jesus asked the people even a second time. He says, what what did you go out to see? A, A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who are gorgeously appareled and live in luxury, why, they're in king's courts. You see, John's life was anything but soft and cushy. Uh, he, he didn't come with the anticipation that the crowds were going to love him so much that they were going to lavish on him money and gifts and praise. No, John understood that the calling of a prophet of God it was not always a very popular position. 
His focus was simply to be honest and to be faithful to the calling that God had placed in his life, to be found in obedience to the Spirit and the voice of God. The Apostle Paul, when he writes to Timothy, that young pastor, he says that there there were at that time, and there, there would be in the future, our times, those that would come believing and they would come teaching the message that godliness is a means of gain. Now don't be confused. Paul was talking about material, physical, monetary gain. That uh, again, as ministers of the gospel, quote unquote, they would come in with this desire, literally, to be gorgeously appareled, to live in luxury. And Paul warns Timothy, he says, from such, withdraw yourself. That's not the way that John the Baptist was. But how sad it is to see so many within the Christian community today continually being drawn into this health and wealth gospel, which is no gospel at all. It's a perversion of the truth of God. Paul tells Titus, as he writes to him in the book of Titus, he says that there are those who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. They're preaching, they're teaching in order to get more and more and more for themselves. What amazes me continually, what amazes me is that this type of message, this type of teaching continues to draw people. Actually, it draws multitudes of people. Let me ask you this morning. Why did you come here? What did you come to see? Jesus now asks asks the multitudes a third time. He's not letting them shy away from this at all. Why are you here? What did you come out to see? He says in verse 26, But what did you come out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. I believe that Jesus understood, and he wanted the people to understand, that, that when they came out to see John the Baptist, it wasn't for entertainment. It wasn't for a show. The people didn't come out to hear John because he gave them some feel-good message or uh, five steps on how to cope with your teenager. Uh, You're going to need more than five steps, by the way, to cope with teenagers, but that wasn't John's message. He didn't have the awesomeness worship band either. He, He didn't have any of that. He just had straightforward the Word of God and the reality you need to repent The kingdom of heaven is at hand and there's a coming judgment and you need to get your life squared around and directed to where God would have you to be. John the Baptist was a prophet of God. The call and the work of the prophet of God for the most part is a hard, hard task. More often than not, the true prophet of God was rejected by the multitudes. You you, you look at a guy like Jeremiah. Not not a single convert in 40 years worth of ministry. That's a tough, tough ministry. John was rejected because he was willing to say the hard things. The things that if heeded, if listened to and truly heeded, would change people's lives. And it would change their lives for all of eternity. Matthew 3 tells us also about John the Baptist. 
In Matthew's Gospel, we read that John the Baptist came preaching in that wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And it says that then Jerusalem and all of Judea and all the region around the Jordan went to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. John preached the hard stuff. And when he preached the hard stuff, many were truly converted. Their lives were truly changed. But there were those that simply came out to see what's going on. They were the ones who came out in, and, and they came with a pretense of conversion. And we read how some came and they wanted to be baptized by John also, but there was nothing within their lives that was truly changed. John saw right through them. I believe that the Lord gave John a gift of discernment to be able to look at these that were coming and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you coming down? Why are you here? There's not been a change in your life. As a matter of fact, when those came down to be baptized, the Word tells us that John declared, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You go and bear fruits worthy of repentance first. Because he who is coming after me, he's mightier than I am. And he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And his winnowing fan is in his hand already. He will thoroughly clean out the threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John wasn't looking for numbers. He was looking to be found faithful to what God had called him to do. Wouldn't it be interesting today if in some of these big arena ministries some of these things where multiples of people come down hundreds and hundreds of people come down wouldn't it be interesting today if a pastor had it within him to say the same things to those crowds you brood of vipers what are you doing down here is your heart really and truly changed or are you coming down because your wife said you had to come down or are you up here because you think you're going to look holy You come up here because your life has changed and you want a demonstration of that. You know, if pastors were really and truthfully that front forward with the people, one of two things are going to happen. Either they're going to walk out the door and and never come back again. That helps with the parking situation. (laughs) Or they'll fall on their face before Almighty God. And realize, no, I, I, I truly, I, I need to repent. I know my life is a mess. I know I haven't been walking the way I need to walk. I need to repent. I need to show my life before Almighty God that I desire to be found faithful in Him. But instead of saying those hard things when people make a decision or make a declaration, what do we do in the church today? No, we, we, we receive them into our church roles. We place them in positions as teachers and as leaders within our church. Even if there never was really a time of true repentance in their life. Even if there never was a time of confession of sin. Even if they've never had the baptism or the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their lives. We take them in. Why? Because it's a warm body that's going to be able to plug a hole in the ministry. And we don't dare reject a warm body, do we? Do you realize, church, that we, that the church, should never, ever 
have to beg and plead for people to serve the Lord. If they were truly dedicated to the Lord, if they truly desired for the Lord to lead them and use them, if there was true Holy Spirit life within them, we wouldn't have to beg and plead. If our churches were filled with people who lived a life of repentance, of confession, and of seeking after that refreshing of the Holy Spirit and a growing relationship with Christ, you'd have to stand in line in order to find a place to serve. Pastor, I think the Lord wants me to teach Sunday school. Oh, you're going to have to stand in line. It's filled right now. Let's take your number. We'll call you when we have an available spot. Lord, I want to pour out the love of Jesus on these little babies in our nursery. I want to just show the love of Christ to these. Sorry, you're going to have to stand in line. We've got 20 people waiting to serve in the nursery right now. Lord, I want to serve. I want to help. I want, I want to do something. Sorry, we're all filled right now, but we'll take your number. We'll, we'll give you a call when an opening comes. You know what? The sad thing is, is that's not the case, is it? It really isn't the case. Not in our church and not in the church. Universal. But that's the kind of message John declared. And I believe that it's the kind and it's the time of message that we need to be declaring right now. And it needs to be heeded by the church of Jesus Christ today. You say that you're a believer. You say that you want to honor Christ in your life. You say, I surrender all to Jesus. I surrender all. Oh, except for my time, my talents, and my treasures. But other than that, I surrender everything to you. You see, in these, and I believe in these last days, I believe that it's time for the people of God to rise up. I believe it's time for the people of God to commit their lives to serving their great king, to be actively involved in serving the Lord by serving one another, to become usable vessels within the household of the Lord. Why? Because we are His. All that we are are His. I am surrendered to you. When I came to faith in Christ, I said, I die to self in order that Christ might live in and through me. But the unfortunate reality is many people come into church and say, I just want to be a church member. I just want to come and enjoy the music, the worship, the fellowship, good teaching now and then. I enjoy those kinds of things. But don't expect, don't anticipate me to be involved in anything else. I don't believe that for a second that John the Baptist or Jesus or the Apostle Paul or Peter or John or James or any of the early church fathers ever called the people to come and see the show, give your money, then go home entertained, amused, and blessed. John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus says you need to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. Peter or Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's not me that's living, it's Christ that's living in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Peter said we should no longer live the rest of our time in the flesh. 
for the lusts of men. We need to live our lives for the will of God. We can all remember the marketing campaign, WWJD, What Would Jesus Do? While this became somewhat cliché, the concept behind it is crucial. In each and every circumstance, we need to consider not only what Jesus would do, but what He did do when He was here on earth. As Pastor David teaches through the Gospel of Luke, we'll see exactly what Jesus did. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy of today's message. Here's Tracy with all the information you need. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor David, go to TheOpenWord.com and click on the Teachings page. Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to TheOpenWord.com and select the Teachings page. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again, and may God richly bless you. Make us more.